Hello, this is the Unspoken Life of the Military Wife podcast. I'm your host, Allison. I'm a wife and mom of two little girls and two fur babies and a 20-year mill spouse veteran. So you know I have seen some things. This podcast is about creating connection and community while we navigate this crazy military life. Each week, I'll bring you practical tips and tactics, like how exactly do I pack out my house? What do I say to my kids when they're crying because daddy is gone again? And how do I make it through a deployment without losing my mind? And how the heck do I find and keep a job when we move every two to three years? We're gonna get into all the things. Look, I've seen and done a lot, but I don't have all the answers. So this isn't a look at me, I have it all figured out podcast. It's a come with me and we can figure it out together podcast. The military lifestyle is often very lonely and isolating. So let's build a community that moves with you wherever you go. Welcome to the unspoken life of the military wife. Today, we are talking to a uh, mill spouse veteran, Jen Jordan, and Jen has a really cool, I don't know if I want to call it a side hustle, but kind of maybe, I mean, like, I guess she, she has like a dual career, but it is you really specialize in filming or being a homecoming, military homecoming photographer. And your Instagram feed is just like, if you need to, if you're feeling the need to cry, like, you know, there's like those movies that make you cry, <laughs> just go scroll through that. And like the tears will just fly. It'll, it'll be cleansing. It'll be great. So, um, so I wanted to have Jen on the, on the show to uh, talk a little bit about your military life. You guys have transitioned out of the military now, but you were active duty previously. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then I really want to jump into military homecoming photography. Like, what does that look like? Cause I, I know, I, I don't want to say it's a new thing, but like I, cause I had a girlfriend that did it like 10 years ago, but like, I feel like it's becoming more prevalent lately. And so we'll kind of get into like the ins and outs of what that looks like. So does that sound okay? For sure. Okay, cool. So welcome to the show, Jen. Thank and, you so uh, much for having me. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So I would love if you would give us, so again, you've, you guys have transitioned out of the military at this point, but kind of just like a brief, like what your military career was look like, looked like while you guys were active duty. Yeah. So my husband and I met here in San Diego in 2015. At that point, I am originally from the East Coast. I'm from New Jersey by way of Pennsylvania and was hating my life in Pennsylvania working in collegiate athletics. And so I just kind of up and moved to San Diego and within a few months met my husband. At the time, he was an MB-22 pilot, Osprey pilot in the Marines. Um, so he was gone literally all the time. He was stationed at Miramar and then ended up doing a, a tour being stationed up at Pendleton and was, I think I figured out at one point that in the 40 something months of us being together while he was active duty, he was gone for over 26 of that. So he was just gone literally all the time, yeah. two deployments in two and a half years, workups, uh, deaths and you know, all the things you can imagine. So he was, he was just gone a lot and, but you know, he was off doing, doing his thing. And I was working in athletics, collegiate athletics here in San Diego and ended up transitioning to a different job working in marketing here in town. And yeah, so while he was active duty, I just kind of threw myself into the community. He had a really tight group of friends from flight school who had all from flight school moved out to San Diego and were all in the same squadron. So got really lucky with that. Yeah. And that that 
group of spouses really kind of enveloped me into, into that community, made some of my best friends just who were his friends' wives. And they really kind of led me through everything, helped me through everything. Cause it's a really confusing life. If you oh, don't understand yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. just someone who was never, you know, I knew no one in the military before yeah. I met my husband. So yeah. Kind I think of he jumps into that off tempo too, where he's mm-hmm. all the time. Like that's really lucky that you ended up being in such a tight knit group where you kind of had that support because well, the very first ship that my husband was on was similar to that where the, it was a very tight group and like every, it was just so friendly and let's help each other out and let's do things together. And it was so great. And then we transitioned to the next ship and I'm thinking, Hey, here we go. It's going to be the same thing. And it's not the same thing. Like the vibe is so different depending on where you are. So I'm really glad that that was your experience with that at that point. So you guys were married for like four years, like the last four years of his career, and then made the decision to transition out and just, I mean, like briefly, we kind of talked about this beforehand, but what led into that decision for you guys to get out? Cause I think this is a spot that a lot of, of a lot of military spouses, a lot of military families are in. Yeah. I think he was reaching a point where he was coming to the end of his flight contract. Okay. And we knew we wanted to stay in San Diego. I have family here. He's originally from Northern California. So we wanted to stay in California mm-hmm. and knew that that wasn't going to be possible. We, okay. He had been really lucky his whole career was in California, yeah. was in San Diego in particular. Okay. And we knew that we weren't going to get that kind of luck again. <laughs> we were just kind of looking for something new. He didn't want to be gone anymore. Yeah. You know, at that point... We, we actually got married right before his last deployment. So we had been married at that point for about two years. And we really just wanted to start living together and physically being together. So he made the decision to get out and ended up going to grad school here at San Diego State. Yeah. Uh, found a really great program. San Diego State itself is incredibly friendly to veterans, specifically veterans that are recently transitioned, and kind of found his found his way through that, through the services that San Diego State offers in the veteran community within some of the programs at the university. Yeah, I love that. And that's, I like that you mentioned that because I think that a a lot of military spouses and families are in that same position where you're transitioning and out, transitioning out and, you know, just trying to utilize and tap into that veteran community as much as you can. Right. Because I I mean, if that's a a resource that's there for you to to tap into that. So if you're in the San Diego community, for sure, look at San Diego state as as veterans. And San Diego State itself, I mean, they have a huge student veteran population. I mean, San Diego in and of itself is the largest veteran population in the country. Mm -hmm. So I think something that's really helped him is just connecting with his friends who have also gotten out, but also tapping into these veteran communities, whether it's through the VA or through San Diego State or through, you know, LinkedIn groups and people that I've connected with just from living in San Diego for however long I've been here. Um, I think, you know, transitioning out of, out of the military when it's literally been something, a part of your whole life, it's been your literal identity for your entire adult life is really hard. And, you know, it comes with a lot of a lot of identity loss, especially, you know, as the spouse too, who am I now that, you know, my husband doesn't really know who he is and how do I best support him? And, you know, I think for both of us having a place for him to go and be with other veterans and for us to meet other 
veteran families or recently separated families was a real help just to feel like we weren't so alone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear that. So I actually have a friend who has, uh, we started our podcast together and her podcast is called life after the uniform. And it's specifically geared towards veterans that are transitioning from active duty out to the vet, to the civilian world and just kind of all the different, you know, ins and outs of that, that transition. Cause it's a big one and it can be hard. It can be hard to transition out of that for sure. Well, switching gears just a little bit. So tell me a little bit. So you kind of mentioned before that you were in collegiate, collegiate athletics. So you have always done photography, videography, marketing kind of stuff. So then how did you develop your career and the photography business that you have have now with homecomings? Tell us how that kind of came about. Yeah. So I worked in media relations for different college athletic teams. I worked at San Jose State. I worked at Penn State. I worked at San Diego State. And I was basically doing PR for various college teams. At San Diego State, before I left for my current job, I was working with football, women's basketball, track and field, and cross country. Essentially what I was doing was all of their PR. So social media, taking photos, videos, interviews, writing press releases, that type of thing. So I always had my camera. I always had my phone out and was snapping pictures, taking videos, that kind of thing. Um, Kind of transitioned into my current job, which I I actually left San Diego State because I was traveling so much and my husband was about to deploy. I was like, this is not this is not my jam. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to be home while he was gone yeah. and, you know, not have to worry about, you know, cross-referencing our schedule with his workups and all that kind of stuff. In my current job, I, I do basically the same thing for a school here in town. Um, I do all of their videography, social media, that type of thing, and have always had a camera. I was my high school's photography editor. I did a couple of photography courses over the summer in high school, came out to California and took those at different schools. So I've always loved photography and been a been the person with the camera. But my business really started out of service to my friends. My one of my good friends, Catherine, her husband was coming back from a deployment. He was in Okinawa or no, he was in Kuwait and she really wanted someone to take photos. She had adopted a puppy while he was gone and asked if I would come with my camera and take some photos and just kind of be with her and provide her support. So we drove up to Pendleton and I had my camera and took photos and that's how it started just to be there for my friends and to be there and provide emotional support while also taking photos. I mean, the photos are, are the biggest part of it, but for me, it it was always more about providing the emotional support and being there for my friends. So that's, that's how it started was just being there for my friends. Yeah. I love that. So what, so, so kind of diving in a little bit more into the ins and outs of the homecoming photography, because there's, there's been a lot of questions from listeners. So we're going to kind of pick into that just a little bit. So what is the typical cost for, to have like a homecoming photography session? So I've seen it anywhere from 150 to 600. It's really dependent, like any photography session, it's really dependent on the photographer's experience level. Yeah. 
um, on their skill level, on what they offer. When I first started, I charged 150 and now I'm charging 400. So it's really just based on, you know, I've, I've been doing this now for a year and a half and yeah. that's not that long, right, right, right. <laughs> but I, I offer a full service to my clients wherein I am on call for my clients. I answer texts at midnight, you know, I am your deployment buddy. Yeah. And I, I, hope to be that for my clients. And for some people, that's not what they're looking for. And that's totally okay. Right. And I think there's someone for everyone. There's a photographer for everyone. It's just really dependent on what you're looking for. Yeah. So that's a great lead into another question is how do you find the right photographer? Is that, is it just like a, you Google online, find email people back and forth. What's the best way to, you know, nail down your person? So for my husband's last deployment, I hired a homecoming photographer. I wasn't planning on it. I my I was on a kickball team at Miramar, uh-huh. um, and the fresh kicks. That at sounds Miramar. like fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was I awesome, that. and I highly recommend if you are looking for a group of spouses, if you're looking for friends, uh-huh. join kickball. Get involved in you know MCCS if you're Marines or yeah. what Navy Southwest if you're Navy. You know yeah. anything spouse related, uh-huh. especially sports. I mean, it was yeah. uber competitive and I could talk about kickball all day long and I'm, uh-huh. I, won't, I won't do that. That's awesome. But two of the girls on my kickball team had hired homecoming photographers and I had never heard of it. Uh-huh. I didn't, had no idea it was a thing. Okay. Um, and so I ended up following this Instagram that's super popular called Loving My Hero. Oh. And it's basically just military photos, whether it's homecoming photos or people in uniform or weddings or anything like that. It's really the the spouse who, the woman who runs it is an Air Force spouse. And she's done a really incredible job building this community of photographers, people looking for photographers, whatever. And I ended up following this Instagram and saw a post of a homecoming in San Diego. Uh-huh. And I love the photos. Uh-huh. I reached out to the photographer, asked if she was available for a homecoming, you know, around this around, time, yeah. and, date and, yeah. and whatever. Right. Um, and that was it. But for, I think if I, if I could do things differently, I don't think I would just because I, I loved her and she was great. And I still love my photos, uh-huh. but the way that a lot of people find me is through Facebook groups, Okay. Um, whether it's, you know, and, and I'm speaking totally from San Diego experience. If you're in a smaller military town, then yes. I know that's going to be really hard, but yeah. you know, Camp Pendleton spouses or the MCAS Miramar spouse group, any spouse group, people will post mm-hmm. saying, Hey, I'm looking for a homecoming photographer in San Diego. Who do you recommend? And that's, yeah. I get a lot of people that way a lot of people who refer me that way yeah Um, or just looking at hashtags whether it's just looking at hashtag deployment homecoming or hashtag military homecoming yeah you can find a lot of people that way okay swiping through those military instagram yeah whether it's my hero or there there are a few others i just can't think of off the top of my head but i know that's the biggest one yeah and you can see photographers that are tagged in those homecoming photos okay. you can see it that way just reaching out to a photographer that you really like yeah if, if you're in I was actually talking with a woman who's based in Arkansas I think mm-hmm. and she asked me if I would travel out to her homecoming and I 
long story short, but I wasn't able to. And so I kind of walked her through the process of trying to find or at least ask a photographer if they would be willing to do homecomings because as a photographer, it can be pretty daunting if you've never done a homecoming. Um, And so a lot of it is just open and honest communication with a photographer and just, you know, letting them know how the process goes, because if you're not affiliated with the, with the military, you have no idea how any of this works. Right. Right. Yeah. So then as you're in the session, so this is, this was something that came from a listener. They were like, I don't know that I want to do it because what if I ugly cry? I don't know what to expect. Like I, you know, I don't want to have like, I want the pictures to be really nice. So you want it to be an authentic moment where you're going to, where you're seeing your service member again. And you're, you know, how does that, how does that work? Are you just like try to fade into the background as much as possible and just let them have their moment. So then really as the person you're just doing, you just do you like pretend I'm not even here. Is it kind of one of those situations? It is absolutely that situation. And you will not know that your photographer is there when it happens. And as someone who's been on both sides, both on the camera side and on the spouse side, I could not tell you where my photographer was day of some of the photos that she took. I don't, don't even know how she took them because I don't remember her being there. You are so laser focused on finding your spouse and finding your person that you don't even recognize that there's someone there. And also typically a homecoming is a lot of people. And so it's easy for a photographer to kind of fade into the background and just kind of, you know, stand around you and, and do that kind of thing. But you won't even, you don't even notice that, that the photographer is there. So we kind of already touched on this a little bit before. Another concern is you might not know when they're coming home. You might have like a window or so how do you schedule that? What does that look like from the photographer's standpoint and then for the customer as well? For sure. So again, each photographer does it differently. I know a lot of photographers who will only book homecomings when you have an actual date or at least like knowing that the date could change, but having a kind of a semblance of a date. Personally, I book homecomings by deployment. I'm just from the Marine Corps Navy side. If I am booking a homecoming, or rather, if you reach out to me and you're interested in having me shoot your homecoming, first of all, thank you. (laughs) Second of all, I ask what deployment, what deployment and unit is your partner with, is your person with. And, you know, if it's a ship or a carrier strike group or a MU uh-huh. um, or, you know, a UDP or something like that, I, I book them that way uh-huh. so that then I know that, okay, well, this is the date range they're giving me. This is the deployment that they're giving me. This is the unit. That's how I book. But I also, I don't do weddings. I do very few portrait sessions. This is my jam. I pretty much only do homecomings. So for everyone, for every photographer, it's something different. But I always tell my clients that it's the military. It's your date's probably going to change 150 times. The time is 100% going to change. So that's okay. That's okay. And most photographers, homecoming photographers, especially ones that have done this before, get it. So it's just open and honest communication. Yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, because it's that's that's a concern too, right? Because like you, you know, if you're booking out so far, and then you're like, what happens if they slide? Because like I've never, my husband, God, how many? We did three deployments. He never came home when he was supposed to. I mean, it was in like no way in the vicinity of the when he was, but it was never like I'm going to be home on this day, and he came home on that day. Never happened. (laughs) I had homecomings at 3 a.m. I had one at 3:15 a couple months ago. I've had them at 1:30 in the morning. I've had them at 10:30 in the morning. I've had them at noon. Like they will come, the Marine Corps will send them home whenever the Marine Corps wants to send them home. (laughs) So really that's to be expected. I think, and anyone who's affiliated with the military gets it and Mm -hmm. understands that, you know, this is not going to be your typical session where we say, okay, I'll meet you at, you know, this, this base at this time, we know we get it. So, and then as far as, you know, cause I think that a lot of people, when you're talking about the actual session itself, that people get kind of wrapped up in the, in any photography session, you're going to have family portraits taken around. What do we wear? And what do we, you know, how do we act and whatnot? We kind of talked about that a little bit where it's just like you, you just do you and you have your moment and pretend like they're not there. What do you think about for, or what do you recommend for what you want to wear or, you know what I mean? So that the pictures turn out really well is, do you have any recommendations that way? My favorite thing to tell people is to wear whatever you are comfortable in because your service member will not know. Yeah. They don't notice. They don't care. Wear what makes you feel amazing. If that is jeans and a cute top and heels, as long as it's something that you can stand in for a couple hours, yeah. wear it. If yeah. it's, you know, a really beautiful dress, if it's a jumpsuit, whatever makes you feel sexy and comfortable and beautiful and you know, gorgeous. That's, that's what I always suggest with regards to colors and stuff. Most Marine Corps homecomings are in a parking lot. Navy is kind of the same thing. They're usually not in the cutest of locations. So I like to, (laughs) so I like to tell people bright colors, you know, if you're, you're more like a cool skin tone, then wear jewel tones. Jewel tones look good on pretty much everybody. If you're like a warmer skin tone, then, you know, red, I mean, red looks good on everybody, navy blue, you know, something, I always liked something that was a little bit brighter. Yeah. Um, My husband kind of pop off of your military, right? Cause they're going to be in their uniform. Yeah. 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 My husband's second deployment, I wore this. I looked real cute. I wore this peach long straight maxi dress with these really cute sandals. And I was not expecting to run. I did not (laughs) think I would run. I am not a runner. (laughs) However, when I saw him and the formation broke, I don't know what happened, but I tried to run, but I was wearing a very straight dress. And so I'm like (laughs) shuffling through this crowd of Marines in this parking lot on Pendleton. So again, (laughs) second, the, our last deployment, last homecoming, I like, I had done kickball. I looked real cute. My body was rocking. I was like, here I go. I'm wearing this super short dress, skin tight, super short dress and heels. (laughs) And I, same thing. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to run. There's no way. And of course I did. And the dress <laughs> hikes up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I always tell people that I, I felt really good. I looked really good. That's, that to me is what mattered. But if you're going to wear something short, wear bike shorts underneath, 
or wear some sort of like, you know, booty shorts or something so that if you are a jumper, which I, I wasn't, and I knew I wasn't going to, but if you're a jumper, then you can jump and you don't have to worry about anything underneath, you know, just be mindful of undergarments. Yeah. Cause you are in a public place and you are on base and a lot of bases do have some, um, like regulations with regards to that. So just being mindful and, you know, just look, look cute or feel, feel cute. Don't even, I I love that. Yeah. So that's, I think that those are great tips to, you know, wear what, what feels good for you. And if that's jeans and a t-shirt and tennis shoes, that's fantastic. If Mm -hmm. it's like a formal gown, you do you boo, right? Whatever, whatever makes you feel good. And then, but that's a really good point to think about is that just be mindful of what your reaction might be when you actually, the crowd, the C's part and you see your service member, are you going to want to sprint to them? might not want to be in like super spiky heels. You know what I mean? So just, those are things to kind of think about, you know, you want to, yeah. And then if you, and then like you said, if you're a jumper and you're wearing a dress, I want to have a little something, a little something on under there. (laughs) There you go. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Awesome. So if you could go back, what is the best advice that you ever received as a military spouse or advice, best advice that you have for a military spouse? Um, Semper Gumby always be flexible. (laughs) I, my husband's last deployment got extended on my birthday and I was devastated. And at that point, my two closest spouse friends had both PCS, one to Japan and one to North Carolina. And I, I felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to about it because I was, I was traveling and my kickball team wasn't there. And so they couldn't commiserate and I just felt really alone. And so I think, you know, just talking to, I, I called my friend in Japan and we, it was me, her, her husband, and just kind of talking about, okay, well, what does, what does this look like? He's been extended indefinitely. We don't know how long it's going to be. They're in river city. It's limited communication. I have no idea what's going on. And so I think just remembering that you just always need to be flexible and it's the military and things could change 150 times. And unfortunately it's always out of your control. We may think we have control by, you know, when your spouse comes home and says, Oh, I might, I have an option for orders to these three places. And then the military is like, LOL, nope. (laughs) You know, we may think we have control and and we don't. Unfortunately, the government owns our spouses (laughs) and there's nothing we can do about that. And so I think just trying to make the most of it and being flexible and saying, okay, well, where can I find the silver lining in this? And some days that's really, really freaking hard. (laughs) Some days, all you want to do is just eat chocolate and watch crappy TV and just lament. And that's okay. It is okay to be sad. It's okay to feel bad about what's happening and the fact that you don't have any control in the situation. But I think understanding that it doesn't last forever. This is just a season and it will get better. And there are people who also feel the same way you do and who can commiserate with you is really important. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Cause it's, I think we have to give ourselves space to feel and and it's okay to feel crappy and to have a bad day and to be woe is me sometimes. Right. Cause it's not an easy lifestyle. And I think that, I think that one of the best things that you can have 
our other military spouses that are, cause there's just, I, most of my best friends are actually not affiliated with the military at all. And it's hard to have conversations sometimes with, you know, they just don't, they don't get it. You know what I mean? They just, there's just little nuances and little things that they just, they don't, they don't understand because it's, they don't have that kind of lifestyle. So it's really nice to have those male spouse touch points, you know, and, and you made a great recommendation earlier. If you're in a big military community, like San Diego is a huge military community. I mean, geez, there's like bases everywhere. There's so much military there and there's a lot of options to, to be able to connect and to be able to find that community for yourself. So I think that's really great advice. And I think sometimes we as spouses are really focused on staying strong for our service member. And, you know, we don't want to burden them when they're off doing their thing and whether they're deployed or on a debt or whatever, or an underway, we don't want to burden them with how we're feeling. And we're not the ones who are, you know, gone and doing all the things. But I think allowing ourselves to just acknowledge our emotions and to sit in our emotions and say, okay, this, this is pretty, this is pretty crummy and that's okay. And it's okay to just, you know, have days where it stinks Yeah, because it does. It's, it really stinks to be separated from the person that you love the most. Right. And I think just acknowledging that and whether that's, you know, reaching out to people in your community or, in one of the Pendleton spouse groups I'm in, at least once a week, there's someone posting, hey, I have a three-year-old. I would love to meet more people. Or, hey, my husband's in this unit. I would love to meet other spouses. And I think a lot of it is just putting yourself out there. I am not athletic, or rather, I never thought that I was athletic. Okay. And I was at this officer spouse's brunch, and our CEO's wife recommended that she, you know, she was on the kickball team. She loved kickball. She'd done kickball and a bunch of their other duty stations. She said, I, I really think you should just come out once. I think you'll like it. You know, it's, it's just a really great way to meet people. And I did, and I fell in love with it. I think a lot, so much of it is just putting yourself out there and, and recognizing how you're feeling and that you are not alone in how you're feeling. And sometimes just finding other people, like you said, to just commiserate with and yeah. people who really understand the lifestyle because it is really weird. There's nothing like this. And so finding people who can also sit with you and be like, you know, this really sucks. I am sorry you're going through that. Like, right. It's, it helps more than you think it would. Right. Yeah. And then I think that the other part of that is that when you get put into situations where you don't have that big military community, you're not in San Diego, I'm in Denver. There is no Navy here. We're it. Like we're there, you know, the, where my husband's attached to, there's like, there's like six military, it's mostly civilians that he's working with now. Right. So our government contractors, we don't, I don't have that community that makes it a little bit harder, which is actually why I started this podcast. Cause I'm like, what if we can make it virtually? Right. Because there's a lot of mill spouses that are in places that you don't have this huge network that you can tap into, right? You're, you're kind of, you feel like you're often a little bit isolated. So wouldn't it be cool if we can make this virtual community where we can have those male spouse friends, those touch points, those people that we can commiserate with that understand the situation that we're in. And I think that community just is, is how, how we can make it through this. But it's also, I think that's also the most challenging part because you really do 
have to put yourself out there at some point and be like, hi, which is what I did to meet you. I saw you on Instagram and I messaged you and I was like, hi, I really like all your pictures. They're so cool. Tell me more about your homecoming stuff. You just have to put yourself out there and say, hi, I'm a mill spouse too. Like, and just have a conversation. And it's not always easy because I'm an introvert. Really. I, I like to sit on my couch and my room. You know what I mean? I, I get that. But at the same time, we as humans crave that community and that connection. So you just kind of got to like put on your big girl pants and you might not be feeling that every day, but on the day that you're feeling it, put on those big girl pants, reach out, find, you know, and find your people. And then again, I told this to my daughter, as we're moving all the time, I'm like, you know, she, and she's starting at, they're starting at a new school and meeting new people. And I'm like, not everybody is going to be your people. Right. And that's okay. Not everybody has to be your people. You might go to an event and be like, we're not my people and that's okay. Right. You don't like everybody. Everybody's not going to like you. That's okay. It's not easy to mentally sometimes be like, but why don't they like me? But, but you, just keep trying, right? You will find your people. And that's why I really like Instagram. I I prefer Instagram to Facebook. But so I really like that because you can look at people's profile page or their grid or whatever, and you get a feel for the kind of person they are. And you can almost immediately be like, that's not really my kind of person. That is they that's kind of my vibe. And you know, you can really find and I and I feel like that kind of goes back to photography, right? Like you find a photographer whose pictures you really resonate with. That's probably a good person for you. If you, you know what I mean? If you find someone and you're like, Oh yeah, oh, it's a little, I don't that style, you know, like it's kind of the same thing with like your friends and just allow yourself that space to, you might not always find your people. You might have a ship or a squadron or whatever that is not the type of people that you typically like <laughs> or, or is not the vibe of where you maybe came from before. And that's okay. You can, you know, you'll find your people. Yeah. And you'll find your people. (laughs) And also like, because it's the military, you're going to move 150 times. So you're going to have people all over the world. And isn't that an incredible thing? Yeah, it is. Yes. I agree with that. 100%. Okay. Jen, I really appreciate your time. Can you give us, so if someone is interested in booking a homecoming session, so you are in San Diego specifically. So if someone is interested in having a session with you, what's the best way for them to find out about your services? Yeah. So I do homecomings and portrait sessions in San Diego County and Orange County and Riverside County, the Inland Empire. So basically all of Southern California. So check out my website for more photos, information, video, that kind of thing. It's www.jenjordanphoto.com. My Instagram, I'm always on Instagram. It's really bad. (laughs) So my Instagram, I'm really, you know, I really just like talking to people. I'm a hardcore Enneagram too. And I just genuinely like people. So if you're struggling and you just want someone to talk to who gets it, I'm here. Send me a DM. I'll reply. My Instagram is Jen Jordan photography at Jen Jordan photography. Yes. I love that. That's thank you for putting that out there. Cause that's, yeah. that's, I mean, not everybody is, not everybody is an Enneagram too. <laughs> right? So you gotta, that's one of the reasons why I love personal development stuff so much is that I feel like the more that you can figure out about yourself and your personality and what your little intricacies and how you do things and why you do things that is provides a lot of insight on how you are going to behave in different situations and things like that. And it just makes it easier 
as you're, especially in a military career that's so crazy and all over the place, it makes it easy to understand why you might be behaving the way that you are. Thank you, Jen, so much for your time. I appreciate you so much. And if you're, again, if you're interested in booking with that, she left her website information and I'll also link it in the show notes so that you can find her that way too. All right, Jen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love and appreciate if you would leave a rating and a review. If you know someone that you think would be helped by this podcast, I would love for you to share it in your community so we can get as many male spouses in here as possible. I would love to hear any ideas or guests or topics that you would like to have on the show. Please feel free to email me at the podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for more connection, join us in our Facebook group, which is the Mill Spouse Podcast on Facebook.